Please be aware the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and even in some cases offensive. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. You know what? You are an adult and there is very adult content ahead and you know what? You've been warned. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. As always, I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the weird, wonderful, unexplained, eerie, scary, and downright unbelievable. There will be tales of ghosts, murder, supernatural beings, and unexplained mysteries. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, Relax and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, we have another fabulous listener request. So I hope you guys enjoy it because I think it's a really good topic. And I'm so glad that you guys asked for it. And you know what? Since you asked for it, well, let's get straight to it. As always, we will still be playing our drinking game, and as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. So if you're on quarantine, grab a bottle, my friends. The choice of intoxication is always up to you, so choose your poison accordingly. Alright, now for the game part. How about every time I say Cecil... That's going to be a single shot. And every time I say Los Angeles, that will be a double shot. All right, now that the business end is out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's Dark Enigma and the creepy events of the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. Anybody counting? That was four shots. The Cecil Hotel, located in downtown Los Angeles, has a long and spooky history of suicides, murder, and mysterious deaths. In 2011, the hotel was renamed to the Stay on Main, but no amount of rebranding will ever erase the building's sordid past. Back in 1924, hotelier William Banks Hanner commissioned the construction of the Cecil Hotel. He envisioned a lavish 700-room building with stained glass windows, alabaster statues, and a gleaming marble lobby. Hanner hoped the hotel's luxe design and accoutrements would attract tourists and businessmen alike. In 1927, the Cecil opened its doors with 700 rooms decorated in Art Deco style intended to attract and entertain businessmen and tourists alike, and it soon became a hot spot in downtown L.A. The good times of the Roaring Twenties, however, were, well, short-lived. In October of 1929, the U.S. stock market crashed, signaling the start of the Great Depression. Cities across the country and throughout the world were impacted by the economic collapse, including Los Angeles. While the Cecil held on to its glamorous appeal through the 1940s, the bright lights of the surrounding neighborhood dimmed, and poverty set in. Main Street, where the hotel stands, became known infamously as Skid Row. 
The surrounding area became populated with more than 10,000 homeless people living within a four-mile radius. The local homeless situation was not the only problem that the hotel would face, though. Stories of suicides, murders, and serial killers checking in for the night all turned this 19-story building into a place talked about more for its creepy history than its hospitality. In its 90-year history, the Cecil Hotel gained a reputation for being one of the creepiest places to stay in the U.S. for some very valid reasons that we're going to share with you today. In 1931, a guest by the name of W.K. Norton, who was 46, was found dead in his room after eating poison capsules. Although this was the earliest case of suicide at the Cecil, it would not be the last for that decade. The following year, 25-year-old Benjamin Dodich was found by a maid in a room, dead by a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. In 1934, former Army Medical Corps Sergeant Louis D. Borden was found with his throat slashed. He had written several notes about suicide while in the room. Hmm, did he slash his own throat? Who knows? In 1937, the body of Grace E. Magro was discovered wrapped in the telephone wires after she jumped from a ninth floor window. A year later, the body of 35-year-old U.S. Marine Roy Thompson was found on the skylight of a nearby building after he also jumped from his room. In 1939, Navy officer Erwin C. Neblett was found dead after ingesting poison. He was only 39. The deaths were just a few of the suicides that occurred during the Great Depression, where tens of thousands of Americans took their own lives during the late 1930s, creating the highest recorded level ever, more than, a, more than 150 per 1 million annually in 1937 and 1938 alone. But moving on, tragically, in 1944, one of the youngest victims at Cecil Hotel had their life taken from them. Dorothy Jean Purcell, 19 years old, was staying as a guest at the hotel when she threw her newborn son from a window. Purcell did not know she was pregnant and woke in the middle of the night with stomach pains when she was sleeping next to her partner, 38-year-old shoe salesman Ben Levine. Not wanting to wake Levine, she went to the bathroom and delivered the baby herself. Purcell believed the boy was dead, and that's when she got rid of the body from a great height. The lifeless baby was, baby was found on a roof adjacent to the building. Purcell was arrested, but after psychologists determined she was mentally confused, she was eventually found not guilty by reason of insanity. But that's not the most tragic story. In 1947, a mother and her young child came across the naked body of 22-year-old aspiring actress Elizabeth Short in the Lamert Park neighborhood of Los Angeles. Short's body was so badly mutilated that at first it was believed to be a mannequin. She was cut completely in half at the waist, and her face had been cut from the mouth to her ears, creating an effect known as the Glasgow smile. The corpse had been thoroughly washed, drained of all blood, and 
posed, with her hands over her head and the legs spread apart. Despite this brutal mutilation, there was not one single spot of blood at the scene, and the killer has never been caught. But then you know that, because we know Elizabeth Short as the Black Dahlia. And it's believed that Elizabeth was seen at the Cecil Hotel not long before she was murdered. She wanted her big break in Hollywood and was well known for frequenting bars where she met with producers who could secure her a movie. And instead, she unfortunately became famous for a very different and most sinister reason. But that wasn't the strangest death. No, one of the strangest deaths at the Cecil Hotel was that of 65-year-old George Giannini. In 1962, 27-year-old Pauline Otten was arguing with her estranged husband in a room on the ninth floor of the hotel. After Otten's husband left, she wrote a suicide note and jumped from the window to the pavement below. Unluckily, Giannini was walking directly below, and Otten landed on him. They were both killed instantly. When the police first arrived at the crime scene, they initially thought this a double suicide case. However, Giannini still had his hands in his pockets, which was inconsistent with a nine-story fall, because who puts their hands in their pockets, right? After much police work, the truth was discovered that this was in fact a suicide that had caused an accidental death. But the unsolved murder of Pigeon Goldie Osgood still haunts the Cecil Hotel to date. Retired telephone operator Pigeon Goldie was a recognizable face around the hotel as she protected and fed the local pigeons at nearby Pershing Square. In 1964, she was found dead in her room at the hotel. She had been assaulted, stabbed, and strangled. In the ransacked room, police found her Los Angeles Dodgers cap and a paper bag full of birdseed. There was one suspect who was arrested, a 29-year-old Jacques B. Ellinger, who was seen walking through Pershing Square wearing blood-stained clothes. He was charged for the murder, but later his name was cleared. This was the last widely reported death at the hotel until the body of Elisa Lamb was discovered in 2013, and we'll be getting to her in just a moment. But in 1976, 26-year-old Jeffrey Thomas Paley purchased a rifle, climbed to the rooftop of the Cecil Hotel, and fired 15 rounds at the street below. Shortly after the shots were fired, Paley was arrested. Luckily, nobody was injured by the gunshots. But after his arrest, the former mental patient claimed he never intended to harm anyone. He just wanted to prove how easy it would be for someone, even a person with mental health issues, to purchase a firearm. Ironically, still not that hard today. This would not be the first time that police had to respond to a potential killer at the Cecil Hotel. In 1988, 28-year-old salesman Robert Sullivan was arrested at the hotel when the body of 32-year-old nurse Terry Frances Craig was found at the home she had shared with Sullivan for seven years. Sullivan was just another name added to the list of cold-blooded killers who have checked in at this hotel. And one of the most famous 
was Richard the Night Stalker Ramirez, who earned his nickname by stalking the streets of Los Angeles and San Francisco from 1984 to 1985, looking for innocent victims to butcher. A known Satanist, he had used handguns, knives, a machete, a tire iron, and a hammer to murder his victims. His crimes were so sinister that the judge described the murders as cruelty, callousness, and viciousness beyond any human understanding. And during his sadistic killing spree, Ramirez reportedly stayed at the Cecil. Rooms were just $14 a night back then, and the area around the hotel was known for being a popular hangout for junkies. So, Ramirez stalking the streets late at night would not have caused too much suspicion. And if you were wondering, he did die on death row at San Quentin, aged 53, in 2013. But he wasn't the only serial killer that frequented the Cecil, no. Austrian serial killer and journalist Jack Unterweger was a guest at the Cecil Hotel in the early 1990s. Unterweger murdered 11 prostitutes in Vienna, Prague, and Los Angeles, often by strangling them to death with their own lingerie, between 1990 and 1992. His first murder was in 1974, but he was released as a successfully re-socialized prisoner. Good going, Austria. Unterweger stayed at the Cecil Hotel while he worked for an Austrian magazine, writing stories about crime in Los Angeles. He could use his status as a reporter to secure rides with the LAPD and drive around areas that would soon become crime scenes of his own making. The method in which Unterweger strangled his victims, using a distinct ligature, tied him as a prime suspect to three homicides in the Los Angeles area, and he was eventually arrested in Miami. In 1994, in Austria, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. On the night of his sentencing, though, he hung himself behind bars, applying the same knot that he used to strangle his victims. Poetic justice in my book. But in 2013, this is the weirdest one. 21-year-old college student Elisa Lamb was found dead and naked in a water tank on the rooftop of the Cecil Hotel. Her clothes were found nearby. The gruesome discovery was made after guests complained about low water pressure. The coroner listed Lamb's death as an accidental drowning, but the events surrounding her final hours were so mysterious that they led many to speculate that something far more sinister was at work. Lamb had traveled alone from Vancouver to Los Angeles and went missing not, not long after she checked into the hotel. There is CCTV footage of Lamb in the hotel's elevator, and it was released by the police, and her behavior, I'm not going to lie, is incredibly disturbing. And you can actually check out YouTube and look for Elisa Lamb CCTV footage. It's disturbing. She appears to be panicked as she pushes the buttons for several floors at a time, and then leans her head out through the doors, looking for something unknown. She then hides in a corner of the elevator, and even at one point appears to be talking to somebody off-camera. When the doors fail to close, she exits the elevator and does not reappear. 
Theories surrounding her death range from Lamb being chased by a potential killer to her suffering from a manic bipolar episode. I can tell you this much. I watched the, ep- the, the footage and it is bizarre. One of the more recent creepy events to take place at the Cecil Hotel, though, was when a young boy from California captured a ghostly apparition on camera in 2014. The picture appears to show a transparent figure standing on the ledge outside a window on the fourth floor of the building. The photo was soon picked up by several news outlets, the possible ghost being quickly linked to the gruesome past of the Cecil Hotel. The young photographer told reporters at the time, and I quote, When I looked at that window, it just looked kind of creepy to me, and then I showed my friend, and he kind of freaked out. It just creeps me out still, end quote. He also claimed that the photo was causing him many a restless night. And the hotel has long been considered one of the most haunted in Los Angeles, which attracts many ghost hunters and morbid seekers all throughout the year. Many of the hauntings are believed to be linked to the high number of suicides that have taken place within the Cecil's walls, as the souls of the spirit have been unable to move on. So, what can we say about the Cecil Hotel? Is it just an unlucky site with more tragic events that echo through time? Is there something truly evil causing all these tragic events to gravitate to this location? Or is it just a catastrophic location because of its proximity to the notorious Skid Row? Either way, if you're looking to be touched by a spirit from the other side, you can visit the infamous Cecil Hotel, now under the name of Stay on Main. But be sure you arm yourself because not all the spirits you encounter there are friendly. And before I leave you, my darlings, I'll leave you with this final quote from the illustrious Irish novelist Elizabeth Bowen. Did you really think I was going to let St. Patrick's Day go by without bringing something Irish into this? Come now, you should know me better than that. All right, from the lovely Elizabeth Bowen, and I quote, Ghosts seem harder to please than we are. It is though they haunted for haunting's sake, much as we relive brood and smolder over our own pasts and with that my darlings we've come to the end of our episode and i thank you for joining me here today i hope you'll take the time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think as always you can reach the show at dark enigma podcast at gmail.com and you know what if you have a suggestion for a future show or you just want to tell me what you think drop me a line because i do reply to every single email And on that note, my darlings, that's all the time that we have for you today. And I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And do not forget to tune in next time. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.